Welcome to the Life Central Bikers Church Podcast. We trust that this message will speak into your life. Thank you, Father God, that we can rely on you, Lord. Thank you that, that you're steadfast, Lord, that, you, that you're constant, and we can rely on you, Lord. And as we sang this morning, there's no wall you won't kick down coming after us. There's no lie you will tear down coming after us. Lord, thank you for your incredible incredible love even though we are not always deserving of it Lord Lord, we praise you and we give you thanks and we pray for this in Jesus name Amen Thank you to the band These guys have had a a rough week. They've been here during the week for practice. They led us in praise and worship and again this morning. So really thank you to the band. Now, I'm someone who, who likes uh, history a lot, especially reading about instances where in the face of danger, in the midst of the battle, with the odds stacked against them, you read about these incredible people who found it in themselves to, to keep fighting, to push through, to survive, and, and to overcome. And, and all of these people had something that, that drove them, something that motivated them to keep on fighting to keep on surviving, and, and I think maybe, maybe a bit closer to home, what drives our kids to clean their rooms? I mean, initially, it's probably because mom and dad asks them to, but they soon discover that when they clean their rooms, they, they find stuff easier. There's no toys to step on and break, and there's nothing lying around for the staffy to chew up. And they even discover that when their friends come and visit, that uh, their friends like clean rooms too. And uh, so this, this morning, maybe, maybe you're into, into fitness, or maybe there's a specific skill that you, that you maintain, or there's, there, there's something you're aiming to achieve. And, and so what, what drives you to do those, those things? Maybe if we, if we look at our hard attitudes, when we look at ourselves spiritually, what is it that, that drives us? Is it, is it love? Is it success? Is it, is it fear or, or recognition? Is it offense? Is it the sheer determination to, to prove a point? Is it faith? Is, is it the leading of the Holy Spirit? And, and I think all of us this morning, if we're honest with ourselves, we, we must say that actually it's, it's a combination of, of all of these. And so the question is actually just which one of these is the dominant driving force in our lives. 
Now, we read about a, a, a prophet in the Bible who did some seriously amazing stuff for God. But towards the end, things, things overwhelmed him. He was, he was so overwhelmed by the wrong things that it seems as if things unraveled a bit for him. And so probably the most intriguing part for me about Elijah's story is the account in 1 Kings 19. Now, we read from about 1 Kings 16.30 to about 1 Kings 18 of the incredible things Elijah did. We read about his steadfastness, his his faithfulness, we read about his obedience, we read how God powerfully used Elijah, how Elijah held on to God, how he was driven by godly principles. But for some other reason, towards 1 Kings 19, it, it seems as if things unravel. Now, we read that Elijah was afraid, and so he fled. And I think we can, we can all attain, uh, attest to the fact that there's been times where, where we did things based on an emotion. And I think we can all also attest that, that there's been times where we've been so overwhelmed by emotion that afterwards we regretted what we said or, or what we did. And so, even though in 1 Kings 17 verse 2, God told Elijah to flee, this time around in 1 Kings 19, God did not tell him to move. And so maybe... Maybe you sit here this morning and, and you're considering making a move of sorts, or maybe you've made some moves during the last couple of weeks. And so the question is, who told you to make those moves? Did you hear from, from God? Or, or were you driven by an emotion, by, by fear, by, by desire, by offense? So we see that Elijah was so arrested by fear that it seems as if his faith sank to these incredible deaths. As I, as I say this, I'm, I'm, I'm just thinking, you know, saying yes to God means saying no to the enemy and and there will be times where every emotion in us shouts for us to do this one thing. And then on the other side, there's the Holy Spirit telling us to do something completely different. Those are the make or break moments. Those are the moments we need to choose wisely. Choose the leading of the Holy Spirit. As I say this, I'm, 
I'm thinking now that we, we often look at what other people have or how things seem to fall in place for other people. And meanwhile, back at the ranch, it, it seems as if the things we're praying for, it, it's just not happening. The things we trust in God for, it's not happening. This oak is having all of this breakthrough. Nothing's happening for me. And so there's this, this story I, I heard a while ago of a dog talking to an elephant. And they were talking about the, the gestation period. And, and this, this dog, she was carrying her pups for about 60 to 70 days, gave birth to a litter of pups. And not too long after that, gave birth to another litter of pups. And the dog checked the elephant and decided to, to go over to the elephant again and, and said, listen, yeah, are you sure you're carrying a calf? I've given birth to two litters of pups already. You haven't given birth at all yet. And so the elephant responded and said, I carry my calf for 22 months. When you give birth to your pups after carrying them for about 60 to 70 days, they're blind, they can't walk, they can't run. After 22 months, I give birth to a calf weighing about 120 kilograms. That calf can see, can run, and it can walk. And so maybe... Maybe what, what, what God's busy doing in you is so big, it has such significance that it takes time to establish. Don't compare what seems to be happening for other people. God's working with you. He's got a plan for you. Trust his timing. You see, the, the, enemy, the enemy wants to discourage us. And in that discouragement, he wants to wear us down until we, until we quit. Stay in the fight and trust that God's busy with, with something. Now, that was all just as a, as a side note. Now, back to, to Elijah's story is even though Elijah was a, was a prophet, we must also remember that he was human. So, so yes, we, we do worry, we do get discouraged, and we do get scared. But I was thinking, what if, what if God gave us those emotions to signal to us Tough times ahead. Stay close. What if God gave us those emotions to indicate to us, now come, draw near. Stay here, don't look at them. Come right here, walk with me. Don't focus on that. Keep your eyes on me. Come here, stay right by my side. Trust me. 
There's victory ahead. Just stay right here. Don't look at them. Stay right here. What if God gave us those emotions to signal to us, draw close to me? Now we read that, that God gracefully fed Elijah just like he did before, but this time around it was not ravens feeding Elijah, but an angel. It seems like God wanted to reorientate Elijah's focus because he was moving out of fear. He was fleeing for his life. And we see that, that he was fleeing to Mount Sinai. So as a prophet, he must have been fully aware of Mount Sinai's significance and importance. He would have known that that's where God spoke to Moses. So what if, what if maybe this, this was God's way of, of, of saying to Elijah in his, in his subconscious that I, the same God that was with Moses, the same God that's with you. Moses stood up to Pharaoh and I led a nation out from under an oppressive ruler. I, that, that same God of that time, I am that same God of the present and can lead you and the faithful remnant out from under the rule of these evil rulers. And, and I think so often we forget what, what God has, has done for us in, in the past. Even more so when, when we are driven by emotion, you know, when, when it seems as if the emotion overwhelms our faith. And then we, we lose focus just like Elijah did. Now we see twice God asks Elijah, why are you here? Meaning, unlike before when I told you to flee, this time I didn't tell you to flee. I didn't tell you to move. Why are you here? Why are you here instead of standing up for me against evil rulers? And then in Elijah's response, I think we can learn two things. We see that Elijah pours out his heart before God. And so I think from that we can learn that when we face tough times, when we face challenges, pour your heart out before God. Share your fears Share your worries, share your concerns, and allow him to, to, to speak into that. The second thing we see is that Elijah poured out his heart, and maybe it even seems to us that, that he complained. But we don't read that he asked for help. And so I think the second thing we can, we can learn is that we need to ask for help 
Now, Karina and I, we, we teach our daughters that, that when you say you can't, then you go sit and sulk. You don't solve anything. But when you say you can't, and you go ask for help, that's when you move forward. That's when you achieve breakthrough. That's when you see that together we are stronger. That's when you learn. And I think in the same way when we ask God for help, that's when we realize that our strength is in Him, and in Him there is victory. And as we continue to read Elijah's story, what's sad is that, that even after God demonstrated His creational power to Elijah, we, we read of earthquakes and a strong wind, even after all of that, Elijah held on to Jezebel's threats instead of holding on to the hope there is in God. And then God in all his love and all his grace, he goes a step further. We read that after that demonstration of his all-powerfulness, He softly speaks to Elijah. And when I read that, I just imagine, you know, myself as a, as a dad, when, when I sit on the couch and, and my daughter sits next to me, and I lean in and with a soft spoken voice, I encourage her and I build her up. And I believe that that's what God was doing here. And even after that intimate moment with God, Elijah remained negative. And so I think practically, what would this look like in, in our lives? I think so often when we face tough times, when we face trials, God sends people to ask us, how are you doing? Maybe you had this this morning as you arrived here. Maybe this morning someone asked you, how are you doing? And I think that's, that's our opportunity to ask for help. That's our opportunity to, to say to that person, you know what? You pray for me. I think when we face challenges and and these tough times, God doesn't want us to withdraw. Because when we withdraw, we isolate ourselves. Don't skip church because you're going through a tough time. Don't skip life group. Don't skip that, that prayer group. Don't neglect gathering with those people who encourage you because you're going through a tough time. The enemy wants you to withdraw because then you're isolated. Then you're vulnerable. That's when he wears you down. And that's, that's when you end up in, in, in such a downward emotional spiral that it's difficult to get out of there. 
Don't fall for the enemy's trickery to isolate you. Stay connected. Sometimes when we're going, when we're going through these tough times, God gives us stuff to do. Because in all his wisdom, he knows that if you ponder on the negative, that leads to nothing good. But when you're busy doing his work, that's when, when, when a heart change takes place. That, that's when there's an attitude change. That's when there's a focus change. And I think often when we, when we face these challenges and tough times, God comes in, in all his love and grace and he whispers, get out of bed, go to church. Get up from the couch, go to life group tonight. Quit social media, phone a friend, ask for help. Stop, I don't know, playing that game on your phone and, and phone a brother and ask if he's, if he's available for, for a coffee with you. See, what we do with what God lays in our hearts can either change everything or keep us in that downward emotional spiral. As we continue to read Elijah's story, we see that, that he tells God that, that he is the only prophet left. But we also read that there's another 7,000 faithful followers of God left in Israel. And so in Elijah's complaining, he doesn't see the bigger picture. He doesn't see that there's 7,000 people who needs a prophet to lead them. And so when, when we complain and when we, when we are overwhelmed and when we're holding on to the wrong stuff, when we're driven by the wrong things, we don't see the bigger picture. We don't see the facts. We don't see things through God's lens. Lastly, we, we see that Elijah was given three tasks. But as we continue to read through 1 Kings and 2 Kings, we see that Elijah only did one of those tasks. So we see then that when we don't heed to God's attempts to, to reorientate our focus, we end up disobeying. We end up not hearing God's word. And who knows, if you continue down that path, you might miss out on, on God's best for you. 
But all in all, when we look at Elijah's story, we, we also see that, that there's hope. And no matter how it might seem that the odds are stacked against you, there's hope. Because between what we read in 1 Kings 19 and what we read in 2 Kings chapter 2, in 2 Kings, we, we see that Elijah is taken up to heaven by God. So between 1 Kings 19 and 2 Kings chapter 2, a change took place. There's always hope. Between those, those two chapters, Elijah surely must have made the decision to to quit going down that emotional spiral. Somewhere in between that, he, he again held on to the hope there is in God. And so we see that there's always hope. Now, this, this morning, as you, as you think on, you know, what is it that drives you? As you head into this week, maybe you've got a couple of decisions to make, some projects lying ahead, maybe there's an, a, a relational issue that you need to attend to. What's driving you? As you think on that, heading into this week, what will your next step be? Is it, is it to remove all distractions and listen for God's whisper? Is it is it maybe maybe at home just switching off the TV, switching off the radio, putting the phone on silent and just spending time in prayer listening to God's whisper. Maybe, maybe you, you have been withdrawing. Maybe some, somehow you fell for the enemy's lie that it's better for you to be alone than to be connected. And so maybe you haven't gone to to life group, you haven't come to church as often as you should. Maybe there's an encouraging WhatsApp group that everyone just sees so and so is no longer on the group. Because you fell for the enemy's lie that it's better for you to be alone than to be connected. And so this morning, maybe your next step is to get connected maybe you realize that I am in that space where, where I've been so overwhelmed there's just so many things that I'm facing right now so many things that I have to deal with right now feels as if I'm, as if I'm drowned. 
So you, you might feel that these things are just overwhelming you. If that's you this morning, maybe as you're heading to this week, maybe on your way home this morning, just hit pause. Come before your loving God and ask Him to, to realign your focus, to reorientate your thinking. give you a glimpse of what things look like through his perspective to see things through his lens and then make the decision to draw near to him we read in Philippians 4 verse 6 that we shouldn't be anxious for anything but in all things through prayer and thanksgiving, we should make our requests known to God. And so maybe, maybe this, this morning you need to make a very conscious decision. You see, you can't praise and complain at the same time. You can't... Well, it's very difficult to give thanks and worry at the same time. And so maybe this morning you need to make a very conscious decision to say that I'm going to start praising God. I'm going to start giving thanks. I'm trusting Him for things. Maybe you're trusting Him to, to bring a change in, in, in someone's life. Maybe it's, it's, it's for, for health or a work situation. And you know that tomorrow you're facing all of those things. You're facing all of looking it squarely in the eyes again tomorrow. And you're pretty sure that just as it did last week, it's probably going to drag you down again this week. And so you need to make a very conscious decision to start praising God. Start giving thanks. Start with the small things. You're breathing. You're still alive. And just start thinking about all of those small things. And in no time, you'll realize that there's so much to be thankful for. And, and it takes a a change place in our hearts when we start praising and, and, and when we start giving thanks. This morning we've, we've got a, a table set up there. And there's a, there's a board with, with some envelopes on it. And I don't know what, what you might need this morning. Maybe it's hope, maybe it's encouragement, go have a look at that board and, and take from the envelope that, you know, what, what you need. We've also got a, got a box there and, and, and some cards, 
I want to ask this morning if, if there's something you want to give God thanks for. Just go write it there on the card. Put it in the box. You don't have to put your name. There's something you're trusting God for. Something you've been battling with. Write it on the card. Put it on the box. We've got a, got a dedicated prayer group in this church. And, and I fully believe that very powerful things take place when we gather in prayer and pray for one another. And so this morning, nothing's too big, nothing's too small. So after the service, if you want to write something there on the cards, we're going to take the next couple of weeks and we're just going to pray with you over those things. And we're going to trust with you for, for breakthrough, for provision. And if it's something you're giving God thanks for, we're going to pray with you and praise God with you for what He's done in your life. Let's close our eyes and pray. Father God, thank you so much, Lord, that no matter where we might find ourselves, how desperate things might look, how it might seem that the odds are stacked against us, Lord, nothing's impossible for you. Nothing's too big for you. I want to thank you that you love us so, so much, Lord. That you take the time to softly come and whisper to us. I love you. You're not alone. I'm with you in this. Lord, I praise you for your, for your goodness, Lord. And I pray your blessing over, over each and every person that's here this morning, each and every family that's represented, Lord. Pray that you bless them and keep them during this week, Lord. That we might all gather here again next week, Sunday, Lord, and hear from your word and praise you together. And we pray for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so Thank you for listening to the Life Central Bikers Church podcast. We'd love to hear from you. Look us up on Facebook, Instagram, or visit our website at lifecentralchurch.org.za and get in touch.